Welcome back to Recovering From Everything, a podcast for everyone who has ever had anything happen to them ever. You might remember about six months ago, I did an episode where I spent an hour with my friend Heather as she just existed with the harsh reality of her stage four cancer as it was worsening. It was such a fun episode and we talked about some hard things, but she was in such a good mood and I even got a ton of B-roll with her family just like talking and laughing. It was such a fun day. So we'd actually agreed to do that episode because she'd been doing really well managing the symptoms of her diagnosis. She'd been doing chemo for a long time and she'd been doing really well for the three years prior, but the weekend before she'd been hit with a wave of sickness and ended up in the emergency room and her oncology doctors did like a thorough examination and determined basically that her chemo had stopped working. Her cancer had metastasized again. It was just like a bad scene. So I offered to have her on the pod and she loves telling her story, thank goodness. So I went to her house to record the episode on a Tuesday, which would have normally been her chemo day, but she wasn't attending anymore, obviously. So instead, they were trying a new line of treatment that didn't guarantee anything, but it could extend things, her life by a few months and it did so for the last few months she and I texted I love you's a few times here and there and I kept meaning to get over to her town and join her walking club she was walking at the community center every day in the morning her goal was just to walk one kilometer which is crazy because she used to walk 5k like a year ago but her goal was one kilometer and she hit that goal like all the time I'm connected to her Apple watches fitness monitor so I would like keep track of her like a creep and she always posted tons of pictures in like the Heather Strong walking group on Facebook and I swear no one else in the world could make sweatpants look so freaking stylish. One time she wore a crisp white button down with black sweats. And I zoomed in on the picture because I was like, how does someone make that look good? I was going to try to recreate the look, but I honestly think I would just look like a homeless person. Anyway, I kept meaning to go. I was going to go a few weeks ago because I was in town, but Heather got really sick that weekend and spent the weekend in the hospital. So I didn't go. Then I was going to go two weeks ago. I was going to take my daughter. I just wanted to show Heather that like I cared about her enough to be with her in the physical form, not just through text. And I just wanted to like be in her energy and have my daughter and her be together. Anyway, my ex-husband, who's really close with the family, that's how I met them all, texted me out of the blue that Heather's brother said she had declined again. And she had declined and she wasn't bouncing back like she normally would. So that kind of like solidified my plans and like pushed this urgency to go 
see Heather as soon as possible. So I said, okay, I'm going to take our daughter to walk with her on Sunday. This was a Friday night. Do you want to come walk with us on Sunday? And he said, Kinga, read my last message. There are no more walks. And I hadn't realized how in like in denial I was until that moment. I read the words, but they didn't mean anything. So I said to him, okay, but we don't know anything. And he said, that's true. But he was just humoring me. I, I knew that then. I know that now. And I appreciate that. So I FaceTimed Heather but she didn't answer. So I just sent her a video message. Hi. Um, you didn't answer my FaceTime, which is fine because nobody answers just like a cold FaceTime, literally zero people in my life, but yet I keep doing it. Um, I just wanted to say that I love you and I hope that you know that. And I know that you love me and um, Ariana's new book is coming out on Tuesday and there's a whole thing about how Tom changed Raquel's name in his phone to Jamie and that's the name of Ariana's deceased father and it's like a whole thing. Um, just thought that that is information that you need to know. Um, okay. I'm just going to stop. Um, I love you and um, I hope to walk with you soon. That next morning, I texted a few of her siblings just that I didn't really know how to be there for them, but that my phone is always available for event sesh. It was just an offer of support. I felt really compelled to put out there that morning. I can't explain why it was just so strong. So I texted them. And 20 minutes later, her brother texted me, my ex-husband and his wife, that their dear Heather had passed away shortly before midnight, asleep in bed in her mother's arms. This episode is about grief, but only the guilt stage. So Heather is gone now. It is actually the weirdest thing ever. I rarely saw her in person anymore, but I still feel a void. It doesn't make any sense, and I feel like absolute shit about it. And I'm just quietly feeling my feelings because I don't think I have a right to them. So let me be clear. This is the way that I am processing, and I do not want anyone to reach out to me about this. I need to hang out in the guilt portion of grief until my brain decides that it's over. I'm putting this in my podcast in case anyone else is having this experience or will have this experience, but do not reach out to me. I don't want to feel better about this. I want to go through this process as nature intends. I do not feel a right 
to feeling this way. So I'm just nurturing myself quietly and alone. I am talking to zero people about it and I am okay with this for right now. It's her family and best friends who deserve the love, not me. Write a sweet note on Heather's blog or donate in her name to the oncology department in Owen Sound or come to her celebration of life. Literally pay no attention to me about this. I cannot stomach it right now. But if any of this that I'm saying in this episode resonates with you, please know that you are not alone. Though I'm sure individually we both prefer to go through this alone. When I first had Heather on the pod, and even all the time leading up to the pod, I felt bad because I had fully accepted that she was dying. Like, I knew it in my brain to be true. And I operated from a space of, Heather's not going to be here for much longer. And she was so positive, and her mom was so positive, and I hated myself for accepting her death. I felt like I was such a dark cloud. I, I didn't want that around Heather. I don't know when, but I slipped into denial. I literally cannot tell you when that happened, but it just existed in my brain that she will bounce back from anything. You know, I would hear that she had a hard night or had a hard couple of days or something. And then I would text her like some black heart emojis. And then I'd see on socials, she was out walking again and and she was okay. Even that first time that she got really sick and they decided to stop chemo, I went to see her in the hospital multiple times and she was okay and then they sent her home and I know now this was the evidence that was contributing to my denial that she wasn't going to come back from something just this whole time I just thought I had more time and now I'm like did she know that I loved her Did she know that I valued her? Did she even know? It takes my friends a long time to get used to how I am in friendships. I am pretty removed. I am not a daily texter. I am not reliant on connection. And I don't allow my friends to be reliant on me for daily connection like I have my daily connections of my partner and my family and that's that's what I do that's what I'm committed to that's where my energy goes but when I do show up for people and when I do connect with my friends it's like so connected like I am there 100% I am a good friend I know this but I feel like a shitty friend to Heather especially at the end. I feel like I thought more about myself than I did her. I feel like I'm still doing that. I tried to arrange visits with her so many times despite feeling like I was bringing like a dark storm cloud of like 
you're dying with me. And her schedule was hectic. I just assumed, you know, I, I just didn't make it into her inner circle, which was totally okay because our friendship was relatively new. We'd only been close for a couple of years. So I fully settled into a texting our love to each other type of friendship. And that was okay. And I do really well with that. And, and our friendship was, was great. Then she started her walking group and I just kept thinking, okay, I'll get out there. But I don't particularly like the town that she lives in. I try to never go back there. My partner lives there and I still am rarely there. And it just never happened. And then when I was ready for it to happen, it was too late. And I feel like such a piece of shit about it. The internet says that grief is, quote, normal, but an unnecessary burden end quote. And to that, I say, fuck you. But I did find some good info on something called role guilt, which is where the person, me, feels guilty for not playing a bigger role in someone's life as their life was ending. And that is specifically what I feel. I feel like as a friend, I should have shown up for her physically more often And I feel like a phony even recording this podcast. Like I feel like I have no right to grieve her like so heavily. But truthfully, I feel the void of knowing that she was around. I feel the void of toying with my schedule to see if I could walk with her. And I feel the void of the pull to text her that I love her with some black heart emojis. I've been working for the past two weeks since she passed. Every second of the day is pretty much accounted for. I also started a 100-day cold plunge challenge. Actually, the night that she passed was my first day doing that. And since then, sometimes I'll get into like a meditative state and try to connect with her. But I've mostly just been bombarding myself with things to both fill the void, but I think mostly to try to replace the guilt. And yet it still comes to the surface. It's been so weird to me that she's not active on socials anymore. And I feel like shit because this shouldn't be my pain. Like, I shouldn't be recording this. I shouldn't be feeling this. This is her family's loss, her best friend's burden. Other people with cancer, they have lost, truly. Like, Heather's absence, they own that. And I don't want to take even, like, a slice of ownership of it. And it's those thoughts over and over and over that run through my brain when I am still enough to let them like recording this podcast. So Heather left a note because she's organized and caring as fuck. And it was posted to her blog, which you can read at heatherstrong.ca. And she left it. So we the people could have some closure. I opened it on my laptop and 
the blog post with her note sits beside a picture of one of Heather's last blog posts where she was so excited because her doctors had told her that she was grossly stable. Anyway, so Heather left a note because she's organized and caring as fuck and it was posted to her blog which you can read at heatherstrong.ca and she left it so we the people could have some closure I opened it on my laptop and the blog post with her note sits beside a picture of one of Heather's last blog posts where she was so excited because her doctors had told her that she was grossly stable. Anyway, Heather's note is titled From the Small of My Heart and it opens with Please read this aloud, post it, share it, do whatever you can to get this to everyone that has touched my life. Every single one of you mean the absolute world to me. This is written thinking of each of you individually, and I trust you can feel that this is for you. And when I read it, I thought, this couldn't include me. I wasn't there enough. But that last sentence, trust you can feel that this is for you, that sinks into my brain. It pokes through the guilt from time to time. I looked at the last words that Heather ever communicated to me, and it was on my birthday, which was at the end of October. And she said, happy birthday, my darling. I love you. And I lean heavily on that because I have to believe that to be true. I try to believe it to be true would probably be more accurate. It's the only thing that would indicate forgiveness that I wasn't there for her more. And I said, thank you, my love. I love you back. And I hope she knew that I meant it. I don't have any closing advice except to feel what you're feeling. I guess let it run its course. Wait until you get to the other side of it. I wouldn't recommend overworking because that really seems to be dragging things out right now. And to Heather's family and her best friends and all the people that walked with her and saw her. I still don't know what to say, so I am just sending you three black heart emojis. Have you ever heard of soul contracts? It's this idea that all of our souls are, when they're up there doing whatever, hanging out in Soul City, they go into a human body with a certain intention and they basically like sign a contract to be like, you know, I want to know what unconditional love is like I want to know what a life of disappointment is like I want to experience and they're just so like pure and innocent and they need the human body to like experience all this stuff 
what do you think your soul's contract would have been? Probably to help people and like live a life of service and mm. impact people positively and try to have people see that even when things are bad, there can be good things. I don't know how you frame that into a thing. Like a joy injection into yes. everyone's day. Yes. I'm I can, of time. maybe I can do more Yeah. from whatever the afterlife is. Yes. 